where there's a will, there's a way. Quite literally, Will Tidwell, a younger gentleman. I, wasn't, I, wish, and I, I wish I didn't have this big heart. People just do nothing but hurt. Anybody can dream the dream. Anybody can have a goal, but see. You're gonna be a neighborhood hero. You just keep shining, young king. No pressure. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, so uh, introduce yourself, please. Oh, okay. And describe um, who you are, who you who you serve, and what inspires you. Um, well, yeah, my name is Will C. Tidwell. Um, I'm 25 years old, um, originally from Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, rather small town compared to some other places. Um, and I'm, and I'm in a number of spaces from community outreach to creative writing, you know, business coaching, um, uh, community development. Um, I even have a detail shop that focuses on, you know, hiring youth and less fortunate ones. And, you know, I do a lot of dope things. And um, who do I serve? So obviously, I, I, the youth I mean are my heart, um, and the less fortunate ones are, are really you know dear to my heart as well when it comes to that. But even even deeper than that, the ones who need resources and motivation to reach their full potential, I feel like that's who I talk to, and I, and I think that's deeper than just kids and less fortunate ones because it could be people that are rich and that are fortunate but still need that motivation and resources in other ways to reach their full potential. Because just because you have money or just because you have certain things doesn't mean you reach your full potential. And so uh, I think that's who I talk to the most. And what was the last part? Why do I do it? Is that what you said? Yeah, what inspires you to do all this? Because you're an entrepreneur, you lead multiple different um, yep. businesses and you give back. You're a community yep. leader, it sounds like. Yeah. So why do all that? Like right. most people would rather just stay at home, binge watch Netflix, not overwork themselves, overschedule themselves. Right. I think it's for me. Uh, I operate from I operate from everything I wish I had. I wish I had a mentor growing up, right? Or or I did get a mentor and saw how important having a mentor was, and I was like, well, I, I can only imagine. And my childhood wasn't even that bad, so I can only imagine what some of these other kids go through. And how much they need somebody just to lean on and somebody to guide them and somebody to be that that you know that that shoulder to cry on so to speak uh and then i was and then i was homeless for a little while not like not like like sleeping on the ground you know you know not taking baths or we said a time homeless but like sleeping in my car right missing a meal here and there sleeping on friends couches type of thing and so i operate from a personal place where some of the things that i've been through I can only imagine what some other people have been through. And I said, well, I just want to be a helping hand in those areas. Because even though my story isn't as dramatic as some others, it, it, it didn't feel good, right? And um, the other half is that when I was going through all these dark times in my life, I found passions and things that I love so much. And I found ways to do what I love every single day and get paid from it. And I think, I think that's the goal that a lot of people strive for. They know what they like to do. They know what they're passionate about. They just scared to do it because one, they don't know if it's going to work. And two, they don't know how they'll, they'll, you know, make a living from it. And I'm just blessed that I was, you know, able to figure it out. And um, that's what I try to help people, other people do every single day. Mm. So that's why. So you mentioned that, you know, you didn't have a bad childhood. Nothing dramatic happened to you. However, so, compared to some others, but yeah, still pretty, it wasn't the best. I say it like that. <laughs> right. But, but still for people who don't know anything about Little Rock, Arkansas, and don't know anything about the environment in which you were raised, can you provide some context 
to give people a clear picture of the circumstances? Um, of just the city or my personal childhood? Whatever you feel is most relevant. Mm. But I do think a little bit of both is helpful. For sure, for sure, for sure. Okay, well, I'll start with where I'm from. Um, growing up here, it's a beautiful thing because one, it can be such a slept on place because, because of it being so small. Other places such as, you know, the bigger city and state, the New Yorks, the Californias, the, you know, the, the Texas and all those different places, they sleep on like a place like a Little Rock and don't even realize like how much talent exists here. It's so many gifted people here, so many talented people. But then the other half is that a lot of the gifted and talented people here don't even realize how talented and gifted they are because we in such a small pond and such a small place to where they feel like this is as big as it can get. Right. And, and as soon as someone tries to make that leap to go be successful, as soon as someone, you know, tries to make the best of their talents and their gifts, it's almost like they get pulled back down either by themselves or by the other people they surround themselves with here. And so um, while being here is a beautiful place, it also can become a very, like you said, toxic place. And I think it all just depends. It just depends on, you know, the few that do make it out, you have to be very, 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 you know, focused and disciplined in order to make it out of a place like this. Mm. But if you do, and you do get to show the world how talented and gifted you are, then other people realize like, man, Little Rock might have some actual gifts, you know? And so that's, that's that half of it. And then from a personal standpoint, my own life, um, I don't even know where to start. I, I'll be honest with you, G. The first thing that comes to mind when comes to mind to me when you ask me that is that a lot of people assume that just because I grew up with two parents, that everything I had, that everything was perfect in my life. And while I do get some kids, you know, people the same age as me or just people in general not having both parents in their household, that was a very common thing, like where I'm from. I get how hard that can be, especially not to have like your father, especially as a boy, but people didn't understand how I had my father, but yet a lot of times his presence, he was present, but his presence wasn't always felt. Mm -hmm. right? He was a very, he was a very disconnected type of person in a lot of ways. And um, he didn't always know how to communicate with his children in the best of ways. And so it's almost just as, it's, it's, it is hard to come home every day and not see your parent, I get that. But it's just as hard to come home and see your parent and still feel like he's not there. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that was kind of a, something I struggled with, which again, the reason why I mentor now, because, because I think we got to get back to it takes a village. Because just because that kid might have two parents, you don't know what he's dealing with at home with his two parents, right? Or the kid that doesn't have two parents, you definitely don't know what he's dealing with. Or so I think from a city standpoint, it's that, it's that it can be a beautiful place, but it also can be a place that can swallow you up. And on a personal standpoint, you know, um, I just wish I had more of a village sometimes growing up. I think that was a big thing I wish I had more of. And so that was just kind of my two cents, I guess. So I could go on and on about this. <laughs> so you needed a mentor, you needed a village. And what I tell a lot of people who are trying to identify their life purpose is to make a list of a couple of things that they've been through that they felt really alone or they, they almost didn't get through and identify things that they may have needed at the time. And until they do find their purpose, 
work on trying to become that person that you needed and using your challenges to create good in the world. And I think if you're able to accomplish that even a little bit, you experience something deeply spiritual and fulfilling. Mm, I agree. Yeah, and if you can monetize it, like you'll never want to walk away from that. I agree. I agree. And that's why I'm so big on that. But you but you, you don't understand how many people I run into every single day that that say, you know, I'm really good at this, but I just don't know how to make money from it. Or I'm really good at this, but like nobody really supports it. Or or I really love doing this thing, but like how do I build something around it? So what do you tell those people? I, I literally tell them, I say, hey, think about everything that you do, that you that when you do it, you would do it even if, if, if money wasn't an option. What are those things that you would do that make you the happiest? What are those things that you do with the least amount of effort, but you're great at it? So for me, that was writing. Like I would write some of the dopest stuff, but it was like, I didn't think that was a big deal because I did it so easily. Mm-hmm. And I said, so think about the things that are, that are for you. And I said, figure out, and I said, do the research to figure out, you know, what are other people doing to get paid from those things? So for instance, if, for me, if I was doing that same exercise, I would write writing. I, I, I enjoy writing. I enjoy giving back. I enjoy being with kids. I enjoy, um, I enjoy detailing. I was great at that as a kid. I enjoy mowing lawns. Like I, all of these things that I really liked doing as a kid, that wasn't really hard to me. But you know what I learned, OG? The difference, the disconnector is not so much people knowing what their passions are. It's doing the work to figure out how to make a living from the passions. People don't want to do the work. Mm. That's, the, that's the biggest disconnect I've ever heard because you don't understand how many people come to me every single day and say, Z, I got this dream. Z, I got this thing I want to do. Z, I'm excited about this thing that I, you know, that I figured out about myself. But then as soon as I start talking to them about like everything it's going to take in order for them to even see that dream come into fruition, it's like they stop dreaming all of a sudden. Mm. They stop wanting it all of a sudden. And it's going to take a lot. (laughs) (laughs) This whole entrepreneur life is glamorized. Like you get online and you see some guy and he's doing a selfie video. He's got all this stuff behind him. Yeah. Nice things, beach. But the reality is that anybody who is at that point has sacrificed relationships, time, they've sacrificed sleep. There's nothing pretty or glamorous about building a successful, sustainable business. And I think people like think it's supposed to feel good and easy all the time. And even if you are doing what you love, if you're interested in monetizing that, it's going to be very difficult. We live in a capitalist society that is constantly influenced by international influences. And most of us are not keeping up to date on those things. Um, So yes, absolutely. I think whenever I left my job, uh, first of all, I had a business and people kept calling it a side hustle. No matter what I did, they were like, oh, you've had this side hustle for years. And I was like, that would really get to me. And but I always had my eyes on a bigger goal. And so after four or five years of doing that, I was getting ready to leave my nine to five job. And pretty much everybody who loves and cares about me thought it was a terrible idea. <laughs> and they all, said, <laughs> yeah, they all said, well, we believe in you, but we just, we think it's, you know, it's unsafe and it is unsafe, but it's also really important for you to have faith in yourself but, but isn't anything unsafe, though, G? 
at any point when that pandemic hit, the job you had, couldn't they have easily said, well, gee, we got to make some budget cuts and you got to be, and you're one of the first people to go. Right. The people, the people that so-called love and care for you that thought it was a bad idea for you to start your own company and go out on faith, those same people that have a, they, they may have a nine to five job. At any point, the pandemic could have said, hey, we're going to have to cut you guys too. Right. Is it unsafe? Nothing is That's really so true. I wish I talked to you at the time because no, <laughs> like nothing said that. In fact, they were saying the opposite. They were like, "You're into. You're in the middle of a pandemic. Like this is just this is a bad idea." And like once I, like I would check safety. people and say, "Do you not believe in me?" That was the only question that really got them to like step back and think. Like, actually, wait, you're pretty good at this thing. Maybe it could work out. Anyway, so I was working like. 60 to 80 hours a week on my business. My friends were pissed off. Um, my family didn't understand it. I finally leave my job. And by the time I left my job and I created an income with my business that I was happy with, right? I had lost three friends by then, three of my closest friends because they wanted more of my time that I wasn't willing to give and they couldn't understand that truth. Yeah. Um, and then I started traveling. And then I became somewhat of that person that I used to see online that inspired me. And then people were like, oh, must be nice. Oh, mm. like you have it so easy. And like, mm. they were almost like invalidating my success and thinking like, oh, well, you just got lucky. Uh, right. I was like, wow. Like when I was working 16 hour days, nobody told me you're I'm lucky, like, this must be nice. <laughs> And yeah. so they just, I think a lot of people who are probably listening to this, they compare their lives to the finished product. They compare themselves to people they see online. And it is never the reality. Anything you're seeing online, it's just not the reality. Like and I you know a lot of people choose their passions based on the success that they see from only a glimpse. Yeah. They think that they're passionate about cooking because they think cooking is an easy success or they or they think I want to be a photographer. Oh, because I can just get a camera and take some pictures and make some money or I can just get a pen, pick up a pen and start writing and I can just start making money and go speak and talk to kids about just random stuff. And I'm like, you don't even understand is that it's, 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 level, it's, it's like an ebb and flow thing. It's like when you first discover this thing you're passionate about, you're super excited about it. Right. You can't stop thinking about it. Then you get to work. You start planning and you start having these ideas and you start brainstorming and you're still excited. But then you get that first wave of rejection, that first wave of somebody not understanding, that first wave of failure. And then it's like you start questioning now. Oh, shit. You know? Yeah. And then I think when people get to that first ebb and flow right there of that first wave, that's when you're going to have to make a decision. Yeah. And for you, like, all right, I'm having these 16 hour days and I ain't making no money yet. Yeah, and I would cry often. <laughs> exactly. You're like, what the I've been talking all day to people and I ain't sell not one thing. Yeah. Nobody talks about that. And then, and I think when people like see you in pain, they 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 almost want you to give up. So you'll stop hurting and you'll stop complaining about it. Hmm. But I just knew that the job I had was not was not working <clears throat> for me. I knew I was too talented to be paid what I was getting paid. I mean and God bless any social worker listening to this, because I know a lot they, of social workers. They work the hell out of y'all. I, I will say that. I got some friends. They work the shit out of them. <laughs> they do. And it's a shame because these are people who are really caring, and they work so hard that eventually they lose compassion because Absolutely. they see too much all the time. Absolutely. Um, so that's what I was doing. And there's anybody listening to this, like, success is literally consistent actions at its very 
face. It's, it's consistent actions. It's not giving up no matter what happens, no matter what's around you, shifting, changing. And um, it's not pretty usually, especially not in the beginning. It's not pretty at all, but, but you know what though? It makes you, it makes you value it on a different level. It makes you, it makes you love it on a different level. When you, when you, when you, when you do get to a certain level, like you said, where I'm comfortable enough, where I can live off of what I produce myself, you think when you think back to when it wasn't that pretty and it wasn't that easy and it wasn't that great, you cherish it on a different level. You love it on a different level. And I'm I, and the, the easiest thing that comes to my mind, one of my friends, man, Cal, Cal Dindy, he, he's a man, he's younger than me and he's profound. And he said something, he said, you know what, man? People don't understand the true meaning behind that, that quote of why God makes people take the stairs in life. He said, because if he allowed you to take the elevator to get where it is you're trying to go, and then he puts all this weight on your shoulders that comes with the success, your legs will literally be too fucking bony to handle it. Mm-hmm. But if you got to go up some stairs and you got to go through some tears and some, and some crying and some depression and some anxiety and some people not believing in you, if you got to go, that's what the stairs are in life and you got to go through that and you get the success you got some big fucking calf muscles now because you didn't been through enough <laughs> you see what i'm saying and when he said it like that i said that's that is profound and i said that's it makes so much sense like and i don't think people understand that that's why you can't that's why you can't take the stairs and that's why and that's why we get so pissed off when people try to make it seem like we did take the elevator because they don't know how many stairs you took they don't understand they don't understand how bad it who are up to date on like the desperate housewives and all this stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. We have the same amount of time in a day, which is differently. Absolutely. And so who are some people, characteristics of people that you got to let go of if you are committed to growing a business or just leveling up your life in some way? Okay, say that one more time. You said, what are some of the characteristics of what? The kinds of people that you have to let go mm. of. Okay. Absolutely people that absolutely people that make it seem like you love them or care about them any less just because you're chasing your dreams or your goals. Mm. That's one for sure. That's very manipulative. That's very manipulative. Like like you making it seem like I don't love and care about you because I'm going after what I love and care for. That's codependent. And I think a lot of people probably mostly in the minorities experience this level of codependency. Um, if anybody is making you responsible for how they feel and yeah. they're getting their sense of self-worth off of you and what you yeah. do and how you treat them, that is a codependent person. Absolutely. You love them, but you don't have to engage in that with them. Absolutely. And, and the people that, even though they may not understand your dream, even though the vision may not make sense to them, they don't support you blindly anyway. Let go of those type of people. I think those are, I think to me, those are the two main type of people that we have to try to cut off because, because what, because what people don't understand is that it's my dream. I don't, I don't need you to see it. I don't need you to understand it. You don't got to get it. It's okay. It's mine. Because I remember I said on one of my, on one of my, my better videos that did, that did really well. I said something, I said that no matter how detailed you are with a dream, say you had a dream last night and we were on this call before we got on here and you were telling me about it. You like, Z, I did this, this happened. This person did this, this person had this on. This was this, no matter how detail oriented you were with that dream, I'm never going to quite see it the way you saw it when you were dreaming it, when you had your eyes closed. 
Mm-hmm. But that doesn't matter. That's not my job to see what you saw. It's just my job to believe in you and hype you up and ask you questions about it and support it. Of course, yes. So like a good friend, if I tell them a problem, they're going to listen, they're going to validate the problem. 100%. And if I want, they're going to help me solve it. 100%. Um, and you'll often come across people, especially if you do reach a certain level of success, they will just pretend to care about what you're going through, 100%. but they won't actually do anything for you. Yeah. Now, now it is one thing, I will say this, it is one thing when you do ask the tough questions to the people in your life, or the friends in your life, to make sure that whatever dream they have, that, that it is clear, right? Or that it does make sense. Now, that's one thing, right? That's just you caring and you want to make sure that they're on the right path, especially if you have expertise in the area. So for instance, if I know I'm a business coach and I have a friend that wants to come to me about a business and they tell me about what they have and it doesn't make any fucking sense to me, that's one thing for me to pick apart their, their, their dream and help them make it make sense. But I'm never going to, but is it, but am I picking it apart to help it make sense for them? Or am I trying to pick it apart to be negative and to be, and to be derogatory and try to make it seem like their dream doesn't matter. It's two different types of things. There's two different types of people there. And I think that's really what you have to determine too. Like, are they trying to help it make sense for you and trying to help you support it to where you actually can succeed with this? Or are they just trying to be negative and make it seem like you shouldn't dream at all? Of course. It's if they self-consciously believe, if they subconsciously believe that they're unworthy of success or they're unworthy of your time if you become successful, yeah. then they won't say that, obviously. They're not going to straight up say that, but they'll show you in different ways that they're just unhappy with you, around you. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it's like, and it's not, for some people, it's, it's literally this mindset sometimes, I think. It's sometimes it's like, why do you want to go dream a new dream? The where we at right now, isn't we, are we good? We're comfortable. We good. We get to come home and have fun every day. We get to kick it. We get to spend two, three hours a day together. Like, why do you want to change that? For some people, I think they're scared of that. Like, like why, why do you want to change things? You know, and, and then they feel, and that's what really scares them is like that you might actually get to a certain place where you forget about them. And you have to make people understand, I'm never going to forget about you. But there is, but I have to prioritize my time in order to do the things that we dream about every single day. And so, I don't know. It's just a, it's just a, it's a back and forth thing, man. So that, but that's a, that's a very good question that you asked. Yeah, we, we definitely covered a lot. That's definitely going to help. 100% people over here like, yes. (laughs) 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 Okay. Well, I think that's enough, but is there anything else that you want to add on the topic? And I will edit that in. Uh, You know, I'll leave it at this. And I said this the other day, but I'll say it again. Um, have you watched the new Kanye documentary yet? No. <laughs> Kanye? Yes. The new, the new Genius. Genius? Where is it? On Netflix. Oh, that's convenient. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no excuse. Go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really, really good. Um, I, I, I watched episode one. I watched it for enjoyment. And then I kind of went back and like dissected like the messages in it. Um, just me being the speaker in me and the writer in me, just like, just, you know, really seeing the messages I saw. And there was one scene and I won't tell you the whole thing, but it was one scene in there. I'll leave people with this. He was in this, he was in this place where he was still trying to get signed by Rockefeller records at the time with Jay-Z and, and Dame Dash and all those guys. And he, he, he just couldn't get over the hump to get signed. And he was trying to get out of this, this, this bubble 
of of people trying to label him as one thing kind of how you said people try to make your business like it was a side hustle and you're like no this is what i am this is who i am and it was the same thing with him like he was they were trying to label him only as a producer because you know he started out making beats for other rappers he was like no i'm a rapper and so he was trying to get over that hump so he was so fed up one day he went to the rockefeller office and was like looking for dame dash and was looking for jay-z trying to just talk to them and let them hear his new stuff he worked on and this is, you You know that song he made, he was like, when it all falls down, you know that song? Yeah. He, had, he was at the time, he had just made the, the rough edit of it, or the raw edit of it, rather. And he had it in his hand, he was playing it for different people in the office while he was looking for those guys. And it was like, everybody he was playing it for would like either laugh, you know, or, or just kind of dismiss him and start doing other stuff or, you know, tell him, boy, go on. Like, well, you ain't no rapper, but like stick to making beats, right? It was that type of attitude. And I'm not going to lie, when I was watching it, I got kind of like discouraged and embarrassed for him because isn't that how it is in life sometimes? Like we got this gift and we got this thing we want to do, something that we that we really love and something that we know we're good at and we know we're special at, but it's like nobody else. <laughs> he, he likes that. He said he's talking. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it is like nobody else sees it. Nobody else gets it. You know what I mean? And it's like, and the thing is, is like, no matter what people said to him, Kanye just kept on rapping. And you know, the analogy it made me think of is because what he does is an art. And I think what I always do is an art. What you do is an art. What I do is an art. Who, who cooks, they're art. They're an artist. Who, who, takes photo- who does photography, they're an artist. Who's a writer, they're an artist in their own respective way, right? And thing about art is everybody, when you, dealing with art is one of the wealthiest things that people do in this world. But yet, everybody doesn't do it. Why? Because everybody doesn't have the eye to see the masterpiece. So stop expecting everybody to see your masterpiece. Stop expecting everybody to, 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 to understand what it is that you're trying to create. And just because they don't understand, just because they don't see your masterpiece, please don't stop creating. Please don't stop cooking. Please don't stop uh, drawing. Please don't stop writing. Please don't stop building your business. Please don't stop speaking. Because the right person that was supposed to see the masterpiece may never see it. And I think that was one of the biggest lessons I pulled from what he said in that. And so I would leave people with that. Just don't stop making your piece of art. Don't stop being an artist in your own respective way. Mm-hmm. I'll leave you with that. I think that's the perfect way to end it. Of course. And if you keep getting distracted, you need to sit down with yourself, get a pen, and ask yourself, what am I gaining from these distractions? What we... And anytime you want to achieve something, you have to pre-identify what's going to go wrong and how you're going to deal with that as it, as it arises. Because if you just wait for it to happen, yeah. like it's going to be so apparent to everybody around you that you weren't prepared for that. And, and that's and that was another big message. He was prepared. He was he had them he had the mixtape with them. He was ready. And I think that's another thing. Like the opportunity comes, and we claim we want this and we want that, and we call ourselves, you know, these different titles. But when the opportunity comes, are you ready? Do you got your mixtape, whatever that is to you? Do you got that ready, right? And, and and even and even when people don't see it, are you bold enough to just keep making the art anyway? Yeah, and surround your, yourself with inspiring stories. Like Google mm. your favorite company and look mm. at what it took for them to get there. When you mm. think of Airbnb and all the success it's had, they were failing big time for a long time. Mm. Your favorite artist was rejected a few times. Most people who have multi-million dollar companies, they're yeah. on their like seventh company. 
<laughs> and people don't understand that part. Like, I, man, something I wrote a couple, you know, how Facebook pops up memories. And sometimes it's like Facebook pops up memories right when you need them the most. And I made a tweet like two years ago, I think it was, and it was like, um, Oprah wasn't successful till 32. Viola Davis wasn't successful till like 46 or something. Or Steve Harvey showed him take off till he was 40. Uh, uh, you know, who was some other, it was some other, you know, really influential people on that, on that tweet that I made. And I was like, here we are in our early 20s, late 20s, early 30s, and we're beating ourselves up. You're doing amazing. But the difference between the Oprah's and the Steve Harvey's and the and the Viola Davis's and all these different people that we look up to is that even though they didn't hit success until their 30s, until their late 20s and all these different things, I guarantee throughout their journey, they were constantly figuring out how can I be better than I was before? Like we talked about off camera, like it's cringing a little bit to go back and, and review our mistakes and look at what we could be better at and what we messed up on. But how else are we going to grow if we're not willing to do that and do the cringy thing sometimes? And so um, that's the difference. And I think if we continue to do that as people and as artists and as creatives and business owners and, you know, whatever your platform is, we'll be fine. Just keep going. So, yeah. I love that. Yes. Wow. I don't know how to end, but <laughs> I'm good when it's done. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm, I mean, hey, I, I'm, I'm thankful that we finally got a chance to do this. We've been trying to do this for like two weeks. So I'm happy we got a chance to finally connect with each other. And, and I don't think this will be the last time we will. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was, it was an honor. Of course. Yeah. And if you ever have a specifically traumatized teenager that you want to send my way. I will. I yeah. absolutely will. Happy to help. Absolutely. Will. I know exactly who to call now yeah <laughs> no seriously no seriously that's that's gonna be big so trust me if i call you too much tell me to stop <laughs> <laughs> i will i'm really good at setting boundaries i almost sent one with set one with you today when you texted me i know i know look it, i'm gonna take 30 minutes to think about it to talk to god <laughs> to review my I'm glad, I'm glad god was like he's had a good heart <laughs> so with you guys don't know what you're talking about like I, we literally been trying to do this for two weeks y'all and i've just <laughs> been dropping the ball and i've been double booking myself and forgetting and just just man just terrible with that and g has been very patient with me and so <laughs> i'm glad you know i did not mean any harm and i will make it up to you thank you 100%. one of the things that i asked myself was what am i most upset about here and i was like oh i'm upset to be I feel that somebody isn't respecting my time or that I'm not making the most of my time. Yeah. And then the answer I came up with was, why don't I accomplish something in those 30 minutes? Yeah. So I went for a walk. I worked on this project I've been doing. And then like those minutes just went by really fast and I was happy yeah. by her call. And I made sure I cut my call off right at three o'clock. So, <laughs> so, so I wanted to make sure I did this. So I don't want to I don't want you to come away to Little Rock and beat me up so yeah but it's so important whenever you're upset at someone for how they're treating you or how it's affecting your life just remind yourself that you're capable of solving that problem on your own at least nine times out of ten like most things are resolvable absolutely absolutely it is never deep as we make it sometimes yeah of course 100%. And I and I have to ask myself. I, I mean, because you know, I only knew how many people canceled on me, and people stood me up, and you know, people, you know, it, it's just it's life, and you know, 
you're not perfect. And, you know, and I think, and I think also you maybe have gave me some grace because you understand how it can be running a business and you're probably more, much more detail oriented than I am. And I try to be super neat, but it's just sometimes things fall through the cracks and I just try to be better at it as much as I can. So. Yeah. We have our, our gifts for sure. <laughs> and like you said, I'm good at impromptu, but yeah. calendar, not so much. It is important to continue cultivating your gifts versus trying to get good at something you're not good at. 100%. That's how ultimately how things work out for you. <laughs> That's why I have Lauren. Lauren's my assistant. She keeps me, it's like a big sister to me. She keeps me on point. Um, but, but yeah, that was my fault for not sharing that this meeting with her. So that was really on me. So. I'm happy that you have someone in your life. I do. I do. And now I got you, right? Yeah, of course. Because yeah, I know you're going to tell me. Because, like, y'all, when we, was on the phone, when we got on, she said, well, that sounds super ineffective. I was like, <laughs> I was like ooh, it is. I was like, okay, I'm sorry, G. Sheesh. It's true. <laughs> oh, you must be from up north somewhere. I was born in Newark, New Jersey. Yeah. See, uh, yeah. See, down, see, yeah, you y'all straight to the point. Y'all don't y'all don't hold your tongue at all. See, you know, we got that. We down south, so we try to we, we kind of dance around it a little bit. Yeah, it's it's taken a lot of years of training to remain <laughs> become professional. After <laughs> the cussing people out. <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. We got my number, like G, so let's make sure we stay connected and um, you know, if you need anything, like I said, just let me know. All right. Well, take care. All right. All right. Talk to you soon, okay? Of course. Thanks all again. Right. All right, G. Man, what is the time go? Are we already at the end of another episode of Z Speaks? Well, I just wanted to let you know how much I appreciate you, man, for making it to the end of another episode with us. Um, and I hope this one really brought some value to you. It brightened up your day. Um, it taught you a little bit more about business or and whatever the case that this, this topic was discussing, man. I hope it helped. Um, please feel free to leave us a review. Um, let us know how we did. Uh, be sure to subscribe to us on all platforms, um, YouTube included. Um, and, and, and make sure you're following me, Will Z Titwell, on all social media platforms from TikTok to Instagram to Twitter and all in between. Man, I'm here for you guys. And um, we're just getting started. And oh, as you guys may have known, we did create a community number. So now you can text me directly as well and ask questions and leave reviews. And um, let's just talk, chop it up, man. Let's do it. So feel free to text me at 501 267 9644. 501 267 9644. All right, man. I appreciate y'all. Until next time. Love.